Welcome to another episode of the Truth Lies Shenanigans podcast. I am Neo Nix. In this episode, we're going to be talking about unconditional love. A co-host today, you may remember her from last season, our Valentine's Day episode. I have the amazing relationship counselor and ordained minister, Sierra Simonson. Hey, Sierra, welcome back. Hey there, good to be back. Yeah. Glad I was able to get you for another episode with us. You know, last season, your episode was one of the most downloaded we had. We talked about love and relationships then. So how have you been doing since the last time we spoke? Well, it's been a lot going on, but I will say first, I'm just happy to be back. This is my favorite time of the year to talk about one of my favorite topics, love, love. and relationships. Yeah. yeah, I've been to time we've talked. I think I mentioned I was working on my doctoral degree, yeah. still in the throes of research and um, trying to finish this last leg. Was that on perinatal loss? Yeah. So the impact of perinatal loss on African-American couples and particularly looking at black marriages and the attachment and connection within a relationship. Yeah. Um, our last episode was about grief, actually. And I talked about my previous experience with um, miscarriage and grief and dealing with that. So it was a really poignant episode. So hopefully our audience gets a chance to listen to that as well. But yeah, your, uh, your studies are, I think, going to be valuable in terms of understanding how Black people deal with those losses. Yeah, I'm really excited for it to come out. Obviously, I've been working on it for over a year, more than a year, and you know, there's not a lot of research that's out there around how Black couples grieve from the lens of disenfranchisement, how both men, Black men grieve, and also how Black women grieve. And not only feeling isolated externally from external support systems, um, how are our couples supported? How are couples who experience a grief and loss supported when there's a sense of disenfranchisement on both ends, externally and internally. Wow. Yeah, I'm waiting for your study to be finished so I can learn more myself. All right, so... I'm just ready for it to be finished. <laughs> You're ready for it to be Sorry. finished. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I get it. All right, so let's get into this concept of unconditional love. You know, it's it's that kind of love that's supposed to be all in no matter what, like that love that parents have for their kids. It's just there, like no strings attached. And most couples are striving for that type of love in their relationships. But here's the thing. So in my opinion, as much as we'd like to believe in unconditional love, the truth is most relationships just aren't like that. You got conditions to love it. I mean, it's not a bad thing, right? It's just how things work. Like in our romantic relationships, you got to have trust, fidelity, mutual respect, support. Safety is a big one, right? And if those things start slipping, so does love sometimes. And we end up breaking up, moving on. But, but there is that special bond that you see oftentimes like with parents and children and sometimes between siblings where I feel like no matter what, this love is going to survive. You're like, I feel like I have that with my brother and sister. 
But even then, I'm like, is it really unconditional or, or do I have conditions? Maybe there are conditions or boundaries that just haven't been crossed yet, right? Like, what if they stole all my money? <laughs> or what if they, like, abused my child or something, right? You know, will my love for that person endure? I, I don't know. So I was really curious, and you came up to my mind as the perfect person to ask, is this kind of love only a parent-child thing, or is it possible to have unconditional love in our relationships? So what do you think? So excellent question. And I love, I love your reference and looking at the ideas uh, associated with unconditional love. And doing this work, there's um, a theorist named Paul Rogers. He coined the term unconditional positive regard. Mm. And that's how we are to look at another. Mm. And that is really holding a space for another and looking at them without the criticism, without the judgment. And could you imagine if we can live in a world where that frame of being, of operating, actually exists? It'd be amazing. That's why I'm like, I don't even believe it's possible. I'm like, I mean. Is it even possible? Well, according to Rogers, it is. But, okay. um, and I would say, according to Rogers, according to Harville Hendricks, so Harville Hendricks, who is uh, the founder of Imago Relationship Therapy. And as you know, I am an Imago Relationship Therapist. Right. So there's um, great appreciation for the extensive study that Harville has done and looking at the relational paradigm. There's three stages to relationship, um, just in all relationships. So you have the romantic stage, which is romantic love. That's the first stage. And in that stage, it repeats the original joy of connecting. So when you first meet your partner, the original joy of connecting is there. Mm -hmm. The second stage is the power struggle. The Mm -hmm. power struggle is reflects. (laughs) Yeah. Most couples kind of get stuck there. Right. (laughs) But um, the mm-hmm. power struggle repeats the original connectional rupture. Okay. So where there is a break or disconnect and even the childhood experience, that's kind of reflected and it plays out in the adult attachment relationship. I see. And he refers to the third stage is real love, true love, or this idea of unconditional love. And within that stage, it creates and sustains the original joy of connecting. Um, But this idea of real love comes with a sense of consciousness, right? Of what is the joy of connecting? What is that joy? And what does that actually entail? So romantic love is what we all yearn for of someone who... Right, will love us, right? Then we would love them for the rest of our lives. But with that, it asks of nothing in return. Yeah, see. And that's that's so we all want that, right? right? We want it, but really, I mean, how how do you get to a point where you don't expect something in return? At least mutual respect, safety, etc. The Imago working definition love is a decision to make. The total welfare of another person, your unconditional commitment. Mm. It is a decision. So it's not some 
thing that comes to us. It is nowhere to be found. It is something that we have to create. So the work that we do in the relationship dynamic, when we have established, let's say, a connection with our partner, we're creating what we want. We're creating the love that we want to experience. Okay. And the decision, I'm going to say the first act is listening. <laughs> just it's listening. Hard, it's just hard, it's being, hard for everybody, right? <laughs> yeah. In fact, um, there's a theologian, his name is Paul Tillich, and he says, listening is the first act of love. Okay. I would agree That's with that. That's the first act. And, you know, are you there? Can, do you hear me? Because really, that's all we want to be heard, to be seen, and to know that we matter. It's true. I would agree with that. So the quote that comes to mind, and this is poet J.D. McClatchy, he said, love is the quality of attention we pay to things. So knowing we matter, that's the intentional engagement around you know, the person or one that, that we love. So listening, paying attention, you know, we are heard, we are seen, we know that we matter. Yeah. Real love is a decision. I just, in theory, it makes sense. Let me put it this way. In theory, it makes sense that, hey, we could choose to have an unconditional love for someone else, right? Because, of course, I feel like we see it with, as I said earlier, between parent and child. As a matter of fact, I think it's part of the reason that that's what we strive for is because that's what we get from our parents in many cases, or some semblance of unconditional love from our parents. I think to some degree, we're just searching for that and we're searching for that from our spouses or our mates or whatever. But I, I just, I just can't see yeah. how, and, and on top of that, there's, there's biology behind it, right? So there is some biology. I've seen some studies where they were saying that when we talk about love between a parent and child, and there's a part of the brain that lights up. But then when there's mm-hmm. a conversation about the love between a significant other, there's a different part of the brain that lights up. I think it was a 2004, they found out that uh, looking at your kids or your romantic partner lights up similar but slightly different parts of the brain. And it shows that there's a unique blend of feelings different between a child and a parent and a significant other. So it seems as though unconditional love is more instinctual between a mother and child. Mm-hmm. Whereas love between a partner or significant other uses a different part of the brain. It's as though parents are biologically driven to care for their children. I'm curious. So are we looking for something that's unattainable in our romantic partners? Well, it's attainable, but it really does require an intentional practice, right? So think about when a child enters into the world and the parent locks eyes with that child and just loves the child, right? Not because the child did anything, not because the child, you know, mm-hmm. yeah, it, it's just love sure. exists because child exists, 
right? And that's the the parent just seeing the child in this fullness of, wow, you're here, I see you. And that's where that love connection is. So the same type of love exists, just really being able to see your partner in the, the pure sense of who they are, their humanity, and just for their mere existence. I love you, not because of you, but because of who you are. And just because you are here, you are connected or engaged, like, you know, you're a part of me mm-hmm. and we're one. So again, I kind of go back to that real love is, is a decision. So and the decision really starts with us. So you're saying when you lock eyes with the child, that's a decision. Because like you said, you've never, you've never met them. You don't know their personality. You don't know who they're going to be in life. Or, so you're saying at that moment, it's a decision. Okay. I, I can agree with that. I can understand that. I still think there's some biological DNA instinctual things related to that because it's just, there's a driver that's making us feel unconditional love towards a child, but well, when it comes to the adult, right? It's it's a decision. It's a decision that you make, yeah. And the decision that you make um, to create love is becoming love, mm-hmm. right? Part of that becoming love really has to do with being able to see your partner and their otherness, mm. and staying curious about it. Being able to show empathy for your partner's experience, okay. expressing gratitude for their existence, mm. again, for their otherness. So this practice of making a decision to love, you choose to love your partner for who they are, it's a decision and it requires differentiation. And that's the difference between, let's say, the, the baby, right, the child versus the adult. With the child, we don't know. There's so many unknowns. Yeah. Make a judgment on. But with the adult, we can see them and know all of their stuff, but we still choose to love them. That's a decision that we're making and that has to do with differentiation. So if you can't look at the otherness of your partner and say, okay, I see you as different from me, and although you're different from me, I still choose to love you. Okay. So are you saying that, because again, as I was saying earlier, I feel like we have conditions like fidelity, support, safety. So are you saying that examples of unconditional love can be seen in people who stay with someone who is maybe a cheater or going out you know, messing around or someone who stays with someone who is violent towards them, are those examples of unconditional love? Like, hey, whatever you do to me, I'm going to love you regardless. It's different, right? And that has to do with differentiation. Okay. I see you, you know, what you've done is different from the position that I take and I choose to love you. Regardless. So I'm going to share this with you. And this is the path of differentiation, just to look at it. So the steps on the path is, you know, I acknowledge you as different from me. Okay. I accept your difference as fact. I appreciate your difference as a gift. 
They admire your difference with pleasure. I affirm your difference with encouragement. Mm -hmm. Advocate your difference as exceptionally valuable. I adore your difference. See, this is this is good stuff. I mean, when I'm hearing you talk and, and when I hear therapists and people say these things, I'm like, man, it sounds so achievable. But then when I go to put it into practice, I'm like, this doesn't, it doesn't work, right? I mean, it, for me, I mean, I, I struggle with it. I'm not saying it's not possible, but when I try to put it into practice, it just stops making sense. It seems more difficult than it sounds. Yeah, it makes sense that it would seem more difficult than it sounds in practice, right? right. Because mm-hmm. again, when we make that choice and we make the decisions, we have to remove the conditions. So the choice to love unconditionally is not based on anything you do for me or on how I feel. Hmm. Right? I choose to love you because you exist and independent of any value to me. Hmm. Okay. And so in turn, I then wonder, what can I do for you? that's my choice. Yeah. And loving you in condition. It's not looking at what you're doing for me. And so going back to that whole parent-child analogy, the parent knows that there's, there's nothing this child can do for it. Mm-hmm. That's a good point. Yeah. There's nothing it can do in return. And everything mm-hmm. is about what the parent can do for the child. What can I do mm-hmm. for you? I see what you're saying. Without knowing. Mm-hmm. That's deep. So yeah, you're, so you're saying basically that because a child cannot do anything in return cannot give anything back and the parent goes into that knowing this, that that is an unconditional love in itself, right? Because you made a choice to give your love knowing that you cannot receive it back in any way, shape or form, or you may or may not receive it back in any way, shape or form. You're just going to give it regardless. Exactly. There are no expectations, no disappointments, no transactions, Mm -hmm. no required reciprocity. Okay. Okay. Real love. It's tough because my next question to you was, is conditional love a good thing? Or even is it a good thing for a period of time? Right? Because, you know, in these cases, you are walking into situations where it's not a newborn child where it's a clean slate, a brand new being where you shouldn't have expectations. You're walking into a relationship where there's a well-developed human who has good and bad traits about them, right? And it's hard to walk into a relationship and say, I love you unconditionally, right? Yes. So it's conditional love a good thing at first, I guess you know, where you're building towards unconditional love as opposed to just walking in and saying, look, I love you unconditionally and we're just going to make this work. I think that's, I think that's the starting point. I'll tell you just my personal experience, you know, my marriage has been, and I had to make an agreement in the very beginning, no expectations, no disappointments, right? Really? Like there's no formulas to this. To go in and let's just kind of find what our agreement is. I love you. You love me. Let's take the expectations off so that we're not 
finding ourselves setting up, you know, for the disappointment. Mm-hmm. And we can just kind of find, okay, what's the agreement? And just support each other through that. It really takes a lot of the pressure. But when we start looking for, you know, the reciprocity, when we're looking for like the transactions, well, I did this view, you need to do this, you know, it becomes very transactional. And that's where it gets really, really murky mm. and challenging. And those are the conditions. And take that off the table and identify, well, what's the intention? What's the agreement? What are we agreeing to? Yes, we're going to make mistakes. Yes, things are going to happen. We make mistakes. We're not perfect beings, but it's recognizing that I see, you know, your difference. (laughs) Yeah. Right? You are different from me, but I love you despite our difference. I love that you were able to walk into your marriage and relationship saying, Hey, I have no expectations. Let's take that off the table because that was difficult for me because I was walking in having been assaulted by a previous relationship physically and always felt like, Hey, I'm always going to be faithful. I want someone who's also going to be faithful. So I had deal breakers. And oftentimes, I think that's a good thing to have deal breakers, right? So because not deal breakers, but conditions, ultimately. Yeah, we need boundaries. (laughs) Yeah, you know, that makes sense. So I set those. And so therefore, my love is conditional in my current marriage because I need to be safe. I need to be supported. I need fidelity. These are things that I need to to be in love, to love another. And those are all conditions. Mm-hmm. And I have, I'm struggling with in my head, how do I let those go to achieve unconditional love with my wife? Because I do love my wife a lot, right? And she is my one, right? And I would love to achieve unconditional love because it's certainly an aspiration, but it's hard for me to see the path to it because I always feel like I'll always have these conditions of safety, fidelity, et cetera. So I feel like those will always be in place and potentially could lead to me no longer loving that individual, my wife, if those things were to occur, if I were, you know, abused in some way, if I were attacked or if there was um, some cheating going on, I just, it's hard for me to see how I can get there. How do we get there? Right. Yeah. So this is where faith comes into play. Faith is the things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. And what undergirds our faith is trust. So really to um, experience this sense of Love without conditions requires a great deal of trust Mm. in saying goodbye to the relationship games, right? So I trust you because I love you and I know, right, beyond a doubt that you love me. And because we love each other, we're not going to hurt each other with these games, right? These relationship games. So it's already implied that you're not going to do anything that would hurt me because you love me. 
That's uh, that's deep. Right. I would say one of the turning points, the shift in my relationship, in my marriage, was when I realized, oh, I can't look for my partner. I stopped expecting him to be the one who's going to fulfill this need. And I had to really look for it internally within myself. How I attend to this need, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Within me, and then my love for him is that unconditional, yes, just like I love him, not because of what he's doing for me, but because of who I am, right? And what I'm able to do. And when we both were able to adapt to that paradigm, and that was game change for our marriage. That makes sense. So trust. So basically you have to trust and be willing to trust that that person loves you unconditionally. Therefore, you can love unconditionally. Right. And going back to the parent-child model, when the child is born, the child doesn't know. Right. They're placed into this parent's arm and just like, okay, I guess you're the one. That child develops trust, Mm. right? Mm -hmm. Placed in the arm of this being. Mm. It totally makes sense. It requires just really being open to trust. You love me. You're my partner. You're not going to do anything that's going to hurt me because you love me. I'm not going to do anything to hurt you because I love you. And I'm letting go of the relationship games. You know, look what I do for you, you know, or, oh, you did that thing again, right? And it's always the same old thing, right? Like reciting old negative memories and, um, or, or you made me do this. You know, I'm never able to count on you. You're unreliable. I mean, we can kind of go on and on and on in right. terms of how we point fingers, but it's, it's really about trust. So, yeah, we have to put boundaries in place because of we're fearful. Afraid. Yeah. It's, it's totally reason I put my boundaries in place. Uh, you know, my, my deal breakers was because I needed to f- feel safe. I was scared. You know, it's, it's a combination of scared to lose something. It's a combination of fear for your life. It's a combination of a lot of things. So I see how fear makes trust difficult. And without trust, it's hard to have unconditional love. Yeah. And it really begins with self. It's yeah. a decision that you make. Yeah. Unfortunately, we are short on time. Did you have any final things that you want to say? I will just add to this. The paradox of real love is when we're able to create an image of what we want to receive, like for ourselves, mm-hmm. and then we're able to give it. Mm-hmm. To another, mm-hmm. we then in turn receive it. So when we give it, we receive it. So if we can trust enough mm-hmm. right, and mm-hmm. give unconditional love, mm-hmm. we will in turn receive. Wow. If we can give compassion, if we can give grace, right. we can then in turn receive that and know it for ourselves. I will say, I think you may have modified my thinking a bit. I don't want to say change my mind completely. <laughs> but before we close out, I'm going to go back to our opening statement. So 
unconditional love is a love that can only be had between a parent and child. Is this truth, lies, or shenanigans? Yeah, that's lies. Yeah. So so you think it's lies. Okay. So I'm going to say I was thinking truth coming into this conversation, but I'm going to say shenanigans because I really understand what you're saying about one, it's a choice. It's a choice to trust. And that's really, really what it comes down to. So do I think it's achievable? I think it's achievable. But do I think it's very, very hard? (laughs) I think it is very, very hard. So I'm going to go with shenanigans on this one because I'm on the fence as to how achievable it is. But is it possible? I believe yes. So I I agree with you. But this is really good because this has been a question in my mind for a long time in my life. One, I don't feel that I have unconditional love with my parents. And two, the only unconditional, close to unconditional love that I have experienced was with my brother and sister. And even then, I felt like there were conditions that might exist. And so, you know, it's really good to hear that it really comes down to a choice that I need to make to choose to love unconditionally and choose to trust that that person loves me back, even if they don't. I've got to choose to trust that is the case. And maybe that takes a lot of vulnerability that I really don't have or haven't tapped into. So So I just want to validate what you shared that this is hard work. There's nothing easy about it, but it's, you know, it's, it's a practice to choose, choose love. Choose love. All right. Well, that is all the time we have for this episode. Thank you so much, Sierra, for joining us and enlightening us, enlightening our audience, helping us to understand this concept of unconditional love. But can you tell people who are interested how they can contact you and learn more about you and the Imago Center? Yeah. So the Imago Center of Washington, D.C., where we are all trained Imago Relationship Therapists. We help couples uh, to heal and grow and find connection. Yeah, recreate the love and, and, and the dream of a romantic and wonderful connecting relationship. I love that. Is there a website that people can go to? It's the Imago, I-M-A-G-O, Center, DC.com. Imago Center, DC. All right. So if you're interested in learning more about Imago and Imago Center, it's ImagoCenterDC.com. All right. Thank you again, Ciara. And I want to have you back for another episode. So I'm going to reach out again and see if we can talk more about Black love and communication. I've got so many things I want to talk to you about. I'm here for it. All right. Thank you so much. Thank you. We hope you enjoyed this episode on love and unconditional love. Be sure to check out our previous episodes on grief and check out next week's episode on power and privilege. Our episodes come out every Tuesday on Pods Network, PODZnetwork.com or anywhere you listen to podcasts. Really have to thank Sierra Simonson for joining us today. As always, thank you, our listeners, for listening our shenanigans each and every week. 
Have a happy Valentine's Day. We'll see you next week. It's the TLS show. Coming to you live from the TLS show.